Hello and welcome to the weekly VM Campos Comic Book Club. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the podcast where I answer the question, what am I reading this week? For the free video version of the podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash vmcampos. There you'll actually see the comic I'm reviewing. Also, stay tuned throughout the whole episode because it's a special one and there is a giveaway. This is the series where I review a comic book, new or old, from my collection for the following five dimensions. Cover art, interior art, plot, and enjoyability of the comic book on a scale of one to five. This week I'm reading The Amazing Spider-Man number 200, published in 1980 by Marvel Comics. Let's get started. So, this is episode 200 of the podcast. I've been doing this weekly comic book club for the past 199 episodes. Can you believe it? I can't. And in order to celebrate for the 200th episode, I'm going to review the 200th issue of a comic book, but also you can win something. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, head on over to vmcampos.com slash pound contact there's a contact form there send me an email that you listen to the podcast tell me which app you listened to it in soundcloud google play pandora etc let me know on where you heard it and then we'll be in touch and i will send you a cool prize this is to thank everyone that's been diligently listening to my podcast throughout the various episodes so let's review the comic of the week This week, as I said, I'm reading The Amazing Spider-Man number 200. Now, long-time listeners to the podcast know that Spider-Man is my favorite superhero, my favorite comic book. It's the one that I started off my comic book collecting Odyssey in 1987 with the Kraven's Last Hunt storyline. Pretty epic. Well, this one was a little bit before my time. It was from 1980, January 1980. Uh, copyright 1979, but comic books come out three months in advance. So, uh, written in 1979, published with a cover date of January 1980. That's what this book is all about. So, it's the 200th issue of The Amazing Spider-Man, first published in 1963, 200 months later, here we are in 1980. What's special about this book is that it's the return of the man who created Spider-Man, the burglar that caused the events to unfold where Peter Parker learned that with great power comes great responsibility. So the return of the burglar 200 issues later. What's also special about this particular comic book, if you notice in the video version here, we have a barcode on the cover. So barcodes have been on comics for a while, but wait a minute, this barcode has a strike through it. Comic book aficionados know that this means that this is the direct edition non-returnable version of the comic. Back in the old days, in the history of comic books, comic books could be returned, unsold comic books could be returned. They usually tore off a piece of the cover and returned it back to the publisher and got some of their money back. Well, um, history shows that the direct market or comic book specialty shops started popping up in the late 70s. And there was a different paradigm to selling comic books. One thing was that you could no longer return the comic book back to the publisher. One way to differentiate that version of the comic book was to have a different sort of barcode or UPC symbol. And in the beginning, they were simply crossed out. 
Later versions would have, for example, Spider-Man's head in there instead of the barcode. So a little bit of trivia for you. So that means this is an early example of a direct edition comic book. Nowadays, they're all direct edition, basically, 99%. And finding a newsstand edition is the hard part. Back in this time, finding the direct edition version was harder than the newsstand because they were on all the newsstands. And a comic shop? A shop that specializes in comics? What's that? How the paradigm has changed in 40 years. And so my copy is a very nice copy of Amazing Spider-Man number 200, Direct Edition. Starting the review, okay, the cover. I have to say that I'm not in love with this cover, unfortunately. It's a John Romita Sr. cover, but I think it's a little too busy. We've got Spider-Man jumping at you in a spotlight, which could have worked on its own. But then we've got a scene of what actually happens in the comic book, which is Spider-Man confronting the burglar that changed his life all those years ago. Either or would have been fine as a focus to the cover. I think it's too much, it's too busy. Plus we've got Spider-Man bursting out of the corner box at the top left corner, proclaiming 75 cents. Um, I think it's way too busy. It's a little too juvenile, too much stuff going on for such a serious issue. And it is a serious issue in this issue. So I'm gonna give it a three out of five. It's classic Spider-Man art. It's just way too busy. The composition, it just suffers. Um, Spider-Man versus the burglar would have worked just fine. Spider-Man and the spotlight would have worked just fine. Together, I don't think it works very well. Interior art is very good. Um, it's just classic early 80s, late 70s Spider-Man. Uh, this is the Spider-Man style of, uh, this is the style of Peter Parker that is just, it's just classic. So this, in contrast to the cover, this is a five out of five. This is the classic Peter Parker making his way in the world, downtrodden, in conflict with his civilian life and his superhero life. There's a lot of great panels of action moving through the city. We get a great sense of, this is New York City. This is a real superhero in the real world. He could be right above you on the rooftops if you just look up. It's a very dense comic book. There's a lot that's drawn in this. It's double-sized, actually. So I enjoyed the interior art quite a lot. And it's got the classic low-quality newsprint. It's just the classic newsprint that gets musty and emits that wonderful old comic book smell that takes me back to the old days before I would actually put my comics in bags and boards and protect them. And so it's off-white. Some of the newsprint printing is really bad at times, but that just adds to the charm. I'm seeing modern comics attempting to do this nowadays where they have this faux printing of like bad quality with even like tears printed into the page. But this is the original right here. It's got all of the original ads. There's Star Wars ads. There's an ad for BB guns and uh, Legos and all of that. So it's just a great product of its time. Interior art is a five out of five. The story is utterly epic. That's another five out of five. Just think about it. This is Spider-Man confronting the man who made him when Peter was just a brash teenager after his, after his windfall of becoming Spider-Man. He let this 
crook go and it resulted in him killing his uncle Ben and just shaping his life forever, learning that with great power comes great responsibility. It's the thing that really brings me back over and over to Spider-Man, that he is a regular guy. He could have done something to help, but he didn't, and it caused him direct repercussions, which he then takes on to help everyone else. Here, Peter, as a young adult, has even more challenges to live up to. And in this particular story, he has been depowered by Mysterio. A depressant has robbed him of his spider powers, so he has to battle the burglar as a regular man. But as the story goes on, even without his spider powers, Peter has developed a sense of justice and fearlessness and wanting to do good. So that reminds you that you can be a hero, not just a superhero. The plot is that Aunt May is dead, killed by the same burglar that killed Uncle Ben all those years ago. And Spider-Man, therefore, spends most of the issue in a rage, especially when he does confront the burglar. There's an amazing panel where the burglar sneaks up on Peter at his apartment. Yeah, creepo, me, came back and guess what? You're gonna help me or I'm gonna do what I did to your interfering uncle. Get my drift, creep? Now, the funny thing is that the burglar keeps saying creep over and over on almost every panel that he's on. That's kind of dumb. But anyway, there's a great shot of the burglar menacing him with his gun. But then on the very next panel, which is chapter three of the book, hatred burns in Peter Parker's eyes. A quivering lump grows within his throbbing throat. His sinewy muscles bunch and tense. Then, like a tightly wound coil, he springs forward in one savage leap. So Peter jumps at him. You killer! You filthy murdering killer! I'm going to make you pay for what you've done! And even without his spider, his spider powers, he overwhelms the, the burglar and just really beats him. Um, the story goes on longer than that, and there's a lot of back and forth. Ultimately, Spider-Man reveals himself to the burglar that he is Peter Parker, that he is the one who he hurt all of those years ago. And that revelation is quite shocking to the burglar. So this plot is just amazing. I love it. Five out of five. The enjoyability then in total is another 10 out of five. It's just this continuation. So think about it. This this began, this plot began in 1962 in the first appearance of Spider-Man. And then it culminated in 1980 with their unification in this particular issue and a climactic conclusion. The origin of Spider-Man is retold for the neophytes. And then a continuation of something that started decades ago concludes. Great art, great story, great nostalgia, great little collectible for my collection. This is a perfect 10 out of 5. Not just for the story itself, but for all of the great ads and the time capsule of what it is. The Amazing Spider-Man number 200 is what I read this week. So once again, listeners, if you'd like to win a special appreciation for me reaching 200 episodes, head on over to my website, vmcampos.com slash pound contact and send me an email telling me where you heard this podcast was it on soundcloud stitcher where did you hear it just tell me about it tell me what you thought about the comic as well we'll be in touch and you'll get a great prize 
Hopefully you'll stick around for the next 200 episodes. So this week I read The Amazing Spider-Man number 200, published in 1980 by Marvel Comics. This has been the weekly VM Campos Comic Book Club, and I'll see you next week.